What are the three key fantasy football questions surrounding the 2023 Detroit Lions as they go into training camp? It's time to break down that team right here and right now as we begin another edition of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Ironman. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to the site now. I've got my off-season grades looking at all 32 teams, what they did in the draft free agency. Beyond that, with coaching, coordinator hires, any other things that happened with those teams. So break it down for you there and uh, check it out at sportingnews.com here on locked on fantasy football we're going to continue looking at all 32 teams this offseason as well we're in the middle of breaking down the nfc north team so we just got through the chicago bears we took care of the entire nfc east from the dallas cowboys to the washington commanders if you missed any of those teams uh, those are up on our archives here we're going to move forward with the detroit lions so the spotlight falls on the team from the motor city just missed the playoffs last year at nine and eight we know they were full of fantasy football assets, but many of those players are gone from last season, including their two running backs that put up big numbers, Jamal Williams scoring 17 touchdowns and DeAndre Swift being a big part of the passing game. So those guys are gone. Enter Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. That's going to be the number one question we're going to explore here. We'll also look at any wide receiver or tight end value that we want to look at in particular behind Amon Rice St. Brown, they're clear number one. And look at Jared Goff's numbers from last year. Can we build on that and just see if he has a greater upside than he showed last year as finishing as a QB1? So break all that down for you on today's show. Thanks again for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen today. We're free, available, and wherever you get your podcasts, we're there. So check it out. For you, uh, Locked on Fantasy Football, your fantasy football team every day. We're part of Locked on Podcast Network, and we're glad you joined us every day. So that means we will have a look at the Green Bay Packers tomorrow. So that's on deck for tomorrow's show. Let's get into the Lions, shall we? We'll answer the first key question. What expectations and upside are there for the rookie first-round pick, Jameer Gibbs? There are a ton of things that we like about Jameer Gibbs. Lions get aggressive to draft him behind Bijan Robinson, who ends up going to the Falcons. So two high first-round running backs. The Lions uh, went after a luxury pick here. Let's look at what happened last year with the Lions' backfield before we can go forward. Look at what happens not only with Jameer Gibbs, but their free agent acquisition. They stay in the division to get David Montgomery. Jamal Williams left in free agency for New Orleans, and DeAndre Swift was traded to Philadelphia during the draft. So let's look at their... Combined numbers from last year, Jamal Williams finished his RB8 in half-point PPR last year, RB11 in terms of average points per game. We know where his numbers came from. He had 262 rushes, so pretty good volume there. 1,066 yards, 12 catches only for 73 yards, so he's not a big factor in the past game. 17 touchdowns, however, so that is where he uh, 
buttered his bread last year. Look at DeAndre Swift. We broke this down when we looked at his numbers uh, transitioning to the Eagles. RB22 there in overall scoring and half-point PPR. RB20 in average points per game. So you have two viable starting running backs. We just didn't expect it to go that way, right? Jamal Williams, really a touchdown machine, ends up as an RB1 in terms of top 12 ranking. DeAndre Swift, a pretty solid RB2 in half-point PPR format. So let's break this down a little bit more here. DeAndre Swift had 99 carries there for 542 yards, 48 catches, 389 yards, and eight more TDs. So let's add all these up, folks. I mean, 361 carries. You had 421 touches that are gone from last year's team. You had 60 receptions. That's what they added up for between Williams and Swift, 2,071 scrimmage yards and 25 TDs. That's what's available. And as you might uh, guess here, no team had more vacated touches in the backfield with the carries and catches than the Lions. 475 have disappeared from last year. Not a surprise there when you added up 421 just from these backs. And then you had Justin Jackson in the mix as well. He was also there behind Swift and Williams. So that's where all the touches have gone. And now you get Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery to try to take over that. Now let's look at David Montgomery because we don't have history of Jameer Gibbs in the NFL. He's a rookie. We know out of Alabama. So there are no numbers there. And he had explosive numbers we know with the Crimson Tide. 235 overall touches for David Montgomery last year in the backfield. 100. 1,117 yards, I should say, with six touchdowns. So modest numbers for David Montgomery. I think they're going to treat him more as a power back, but the biggest difference is I think Gibbs is going to see more of a feature workload here. So this is a really good situation for Jameer Gibbs. If you look at where these running backs ranked, we're being a very conservative, I think, with Jameer Gibbs at number 17 and half-point PPR according to the expert consensus rankings. And you have David Montgomery, there are 26, so basically he's ranked as a flex player in this format. So what I see here is Jameer Gibbs has a massive opportunity. I know David Montgomery is a decent pass catcher, and that might cut into Gibbs's role in that, but I think we might be looking at this a little bit too differently, where I think Montgomery actually might be the receiving back and kind of uh, the swing backup, where I, I think Gibbs is going to pretty much eat up the other touches. Now, I think it might be a perception, okay, Montgomery is what Williams is, and Gibbs is what Swift is. But I think it goes well beyond that here in this backfield, where Montgomery can do a little bit of things that Swift does. He could do a little bit of things that Williams does. So that lines up to say that they think both of these guys are complete backs. I think they are overall. I think Montgomery is a better power runner than Swift. He's a better receiver than Williams. And Gibbs, I think, is a better power runner than Swift and a better receiver than Williams as well. So you're looking at that where, okay, so these guys are an upgrade for this backfield. And you also look at this offensive line, pretty elite. We know that with Panay Sewell and Taylor Decker and Jonah Jackson, very good offensive line. So that's not a question. This defense should be a little bit better. So there could be an opportunity for actually more carries as the Lions play with leads for a change instead of throwing at high volumes. And we'll get more into that with Jared Goff. So I think this looks really good for Jameer Gibbs. And right now, conservatively, I think that's fair to put him there as an RB2 just because of Montgomery's presence. But I think it's going to be more Gibbs controlling this backfield 60% in 
I think that's a reasonable floor for Jameer Gibbs. I think it could be ending up 65-35 here. Montgomery, he's a solid back, but he's not spectacular. He doesn't have explosive qualities. We've seen this for several years with the Bears. He's going to get the yards that are there behind the offensive line, be reliable in that aspect. But Gibbs has that sheer explosiveness, right, that we're looking for. He's got that juice in the receiving game, so Montgomery can't cut into too much of his work. He can stay on the field. If Gibbs can take care of his pass protection – He's going to be on the field there pretty regularly for the Lions. So I feel really good about Jameer Gibbs. I would bump down Montgomery. I'd bump up Gibbs here based on what's available and based on the volume potentially going up and the touchdowns alone. I mean, that's a ton of touchdowns that are available in this backfield. And you figure Gibbs is going to be the guy that's in position to score more. I mean, Montgomery only had six last year. Gibbs is a good finisher, as we know, from Alabama. So I think they would It'll be a touchdown lean toward him. You'd have a scrimmage lean toward him. It was pretty close if you look at the yards last year from scrimmage between both of those backs there. But I think this is going to help Gibbs. Again, he'll, he should be the higher scorer. He should be the higher yardage guy. It could be split in terms of maybe the catches if you look in the long term and maybe not using these backs too much in the passing game. But the separation definitely is going to be yards and touchdowns, and that favors Gibbs. And I think he finishes – as an RB1, that you don't go up and draft a running back that high if you're not going to use him in a feature role. And I think the Lions loved him, and he's the man here, and I lean a lot toward Jameer Gibbs being an RB1 for sure in fantasy in 2023, and good value right now at 17. All right, there you have a look at the Lions' uh, big backfield question. That is actually their biggest question overall here in 2023. We'll explore what we can expect from the wide receivers not named Amon Ross St. Brown, and then look at uh, Jared Goff, what this all means for him in the passing game, improved uh, running game, improved defense, and what his numbers could be like after a big year last year. It is the NBA Finals, and it's a good time to get in on FanDuel Sportsbook. You want to make a fast break to FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook during the NBA playoffs, because we know we're in game three mode next. Right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. All kinds of good bets you can make. We saw a big scoring game from Nikola Jokic in game number two, but it led to a heat victory, and there's a lot of a correlation with that. So those are type of bets you can look at. There's promotions tied with players and teams that you can look at for the NBA Finals and uh, parlays as well that you can make. So if you made an interesting situation happened with Nikola Jokic and his points going over and the heat winning you would have been in great shape from game two for example with FanDuel you can rest assured you're betting on a safe and secure app and you can get paid instantly once you win your bets you'll get them back in your account there's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than at America's number one sportsbook that is FanDuel visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get a no sweat first bet up to two thousand five hundred dollars that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA and official sponsor here of Locked On Fantasy Football. All right, it is time to continue the show and ask another key question of the 2023 Detroit Lions. Again, thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first one today. Subscribe and follow for free wherever you get your podcasts. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day. All right, the Lions have a stud wide receiver, name on Ross St. Brown. However you look at it, he's a top 10 wide receiver in fantasy. He doesn't maybe score as much as we'd like, but look at the volume from last year. 146 
targets, 106 catches, 1,161 yards, and six TDs. He's solid. He's had two big years now. We thought he might be headed down and just be the best of what they had a couple years ago, and that was it as a rookie, and his role would diminish. That did not happen. He became a big-time target. Jared Goff trusts this type of receiver. There are a lot of uh, similarities in the style of receiver, working the slot, inside abilities, route running, reliability all over the field that Emma Ross St. Brown has with Cooper Cup. That was Jared Goff's guy with the Rams. So everything lines up pretty well with St. Brown continuing his uh, number one role here. The other thing we know is that Jameson Williams, their promising first-round rookie from 2022, is serving a six-game suspension. He'll be out for a while. So when you look at St. Brown, he's ranked their eighth or ninth, uh, depending on where you look in half-point PPR. That's around where he finished last season with the scoring. High volume, we know, 106 receptions does line up well in those type of formats where you get some credit for the catches. And the six TDs could go up here as he's a key factor all over the field and in the red zone. So something to keep in mind here. But – they also have a ton of vacated targets, 227. That's uh, fourth most in the NFL. So a lot of players are trying to make up for 165 of those targets uh, belong to DeAndre Swift coming out of the backfield. So we know Jameer Gibbs will eat some of those up. You have DJ Chark having quite a bit of those, as well as uh, TJ Hawkinson. We know they have the rookie Sam Laporta going to be a factor eating up some of Hawkinson's targets there, along with the other young tight ends. Now, when you look at the targets on the team that could be replaced and uh, shift to other players, that's Khalif Raymond, who had 64, and Josh Reynolds with 59. So now you also have to factor one more thing. Marvin Jones is back, so he could cut into what DJ Chark had. So between Gibbs slash Montgomery and Laporta, adding to the tight end mix, the rookie out of Iowa, and Marvin Jones, uh, you probably are eating up a lot of those targets here. So that leaves you with about 60 or so, plus uh, stealing from Raymond and Reynolds on what you can put up the numbers for. Now, Marvin Jones might have some appeal, but keep in mind, he didn't have a lot of uh, scoring potential there behind Christian Kirk and Zay Jones in his uh, season with the Jaguars. So we're looking at Jameson Williams right now. He's ranked as the last wide receiver four on the board. Uh, so that uh, means he's 48th in half-point PPR. So I think there's a want to maybe rank Jameson Williams a little bit higher, but there's also that concern with the six games missed and that can't be ignored. Now I'm not sure that you're going to get consistent value from anyone. That's why Marvin Jones is ranked so low. I think it'll be a wide receiver two by committee that we saw last year still develop here. Remember Chark missed a lot of action. So that's why you had Raymond and Reynolds have to step up here and be involved after Amon Rice and Brown. They also use the tight end, spread the ball around a lot between those options. So a lot of things you want to look at there. But again, Jameson Williams has bigger opportunity here because he's a clear-cut number two that they want on the outside that can make big plays playing off him on Ross St. Brown. They got Marvin Jones, essentially replaced Chark, so they have someone to put on the outside, 11 personnel to keep St. Brown in the slot. So again, it'll be a bit of a committee there between those other guys to work the slot. I don't think there's going to be too much value again. There, but James Williams is a standout talent who can stretch the field. So, look, I think 48 is too low. I'm willing to give up some early games. We can play the game, right, too, as well, is to try to piecemeal some wide receiver three production before we get that from Williams on a regular basis, starting with his seventh game of the season. So, 
I think this is pretty low for Jameson Williams. I'm not interested in any of these other receivers. Laporta has some value, and he's going to replace Hawkinson, but they have Brock Wright and James Mitchell and some other guys that could make it more of a committee-like approach at tight end at first. It usually takes one year for the usage of the tight end and the development of that tight end to line up where we can rely on fantasy football production. So it lines up really well for Jameson Williams here to have a big role as soon as he returns. There's nothing wrong with him. He's fully healthy. He'll have those extra games to uh, really get up to full speed where he had a cup of coffee last year coming off his major injury with the Crimson Tide. So again, watch out for Jamison Williams. I think he can finish as a wide receiver three, even with those missed games. And keep in mind, you're also considering the average, right? Can he have top 36 average in terms of his scoring? I think he can, even with those games missed. So I think he has high upside. I think he can be a Real steal there at number 48 to, at this position. Now, I would def, definitely look at him as a wide receiver four with massive upside. I think he even has all the way up to wide receiver two upside, given St. Brown is a valuable wide receiver one in half-point PPR. So really excited about Jameson Williams, and don't be too deterred by that suspension. Again, there's just not enough there to say this guy is going to take over and be the guy over Williams again. It's by committee until Williams returns and can be that big play threat all over the field, and also a good scoring machine as well for Jared Goff. All right, there you have a look at the second key question for the Lions. We need to look at the third one that involves Jared Goff in our final segment here on Locked On Fantasy Football. Every day is a real special shout-out to you to join the show every day and check out what we have to break down fantasy football for you all throughout the offseason and season. If you're new to the show, welcome. We're going to help you dominate your leagues and your DFS play as we turn the corner there, but uh, we wanted to take a deep dive into all the teams here. That's what we're doing here in Lockdown Fantasy Football. So if you missed any of those teams, uh, check them out. Again, we have the entire NFC East up as well as the Chicago Bears, and we'll turn the attention to the Green Bay Packers and Minnesota Vikings for the rest of the week to close out our key questions look at the NFC North on Locked On Fantasy Football. All right, it is time to close the show and break down the final question for the Detroit Lions. Jared Goff, is he going to have another big season and go off as a quarterback one? Well, let's explore that, shall we, and see where he was last year. He finishes the QB 10 with his scoring, so solid uh, back end QB 1 in the top 12. QB 13 in terms of average scoring, so just outside of that, but still borderline there. And now he's ranked QB 16, so... We know a lot of that is having Deshaun Watson back in the mix. So that bumps Goff down. You have Aaron Rodgers potentially having a rebound year with the Jets. So that maybe pushes Goff down. Lamar Jackson being healthy. So that's another thing you consider. Justin Fields on the rise here and uh, just all over the board that there's guys that you know, six quarterbacks immediately ahead of him with Mahomes and Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow and Justin Fields. So there's six right there that are ahead of him now. He's in that mix with the pocket passers. He's not going to give you much, we know, in the rushing attack. Uh, Look at his numbers from last year. 4,438 yards, 29 touchdowns, and a very good uh, interception ratio with only seven, 73 rushing yards. So we know he provides next to nothing there. Now, the last time Jared Goff finished back-to-back as a QB1 in fantasy, that's in the top 12, it was 2017 and 18 with the Rams when he was turning the corner with Sean McVay. So 
Otherwise, Jared Goff has been up and down a little bit. We know early in his career, it looked like he was a total bust in the Jeff Fisher era. Then he put it together. Then he was okay transitioning with the Rams. But then uh, the volume is a little bit volatile with Jared Goff. So I'm not sure he's going to get enough volume to push this high. And it's funny to say that because the Lions are traditionally a volume passing team. We've seen it with Matthew Stafford because their defense has been bad, right? They're often trailing. And they're in bad positions, but I think the Lions are actually going to be a very good team this year. And I like them to win the NFC North. So I think they're going to be playing with leads. And in that situation, with their running game, with their offensive line, with the upgrade of the combination of Gibbs and Montgomery, I think the games are going to be out of Goff's hands a little bit more here. So that's something to look at. So I think I think he's still a good candidate to get 4,000 yards, but that's a significant drop-off, right? If you lose 400 or so yards, that's something to look at. We also know this team is very adept at scoring touchdowns. And I think you have to look at, okay, so there's no TJ Hawkins at tight end, so we'll see how it plays out with Laporta and the rest of the tight ends. Jamison Williams is more of a big play threat that stretches the field, so we're not sure if his tight end or touchdown total is going to be up here. And then Mount Ross St. Brown, again, had six last year. So 29 is a modest total. And if there's any deviation on that with the yardage, you're not feeling very comfortable there with Jared Goff as a QB1. So some might say, okay, get him at the end of drafts and he's solid, but he also had that very frustrating split, right? He was not very good on the road and he was very good at home in the friendly confines of Ford Field. So Jared Goff to me, I don't like the inconsistency. I don't like the lack of ceiling on Jared Goff. That makes sense. I think he's an okay, steady floor quarterback, but there are more exciting guys they can take. I look at Jordan Love or Derek Carr a little bit later in drafts that might have a little bit more upside in their particular passing situations that we're interested in more than Jared Goff or Kenny Pickett even, right? Just with his weapons and just the upside is there because he's a bit of a runner. So, I'm not sure what you're going to get with Jared Goff, but I think it's going to be very hard for him to duplicate those borderline QB1 numbers because that was pretty much his ceiling, right? He doesn't give you anything in the rushing attack. He needs to really pass for high volume and push for 4,500 yards and 30 touchdowns to give you any sense of comfort there. So even with all those numbers, he couldn't hit 30 touchdowns last year. I think there's a potential they'll run in a lot. Again, like they did last year with the 25 TDs on the ground, which is a massive number. I don't know if that will go away as part of what the Lions want to do offensively with Ben Johnson back calling the plays here under Dan Campbell. So, again, Jared Goff, I'm going to be down on. I'm not going to be particularly looking to target him. I just don't want a quarterback that's okay and might help in a streaming or platoon situation. But in terms of straight-up quarterback where – I'm going to plug him in as my QB1 every week. I do not want Jared Goff for those purposes. Again, I just think there's too much upside elsewhere from guys behind him that you can get with good value or guys ahead of them where you can get that real push for the ceiling, as we mentioned last to show with Justin Fields and others. So, again, Jared Goff, I think there's a big dip difference between him and some of the top quarterbacks that you can get inside the top 10 this particular season. All right, there you have it. There's a breakdown of the three key questions facing the Detroit Lions here in 2023 for fantasy football. Every day or uh, tomorrow on the show, we'll look at the Green Bay Packers. And thanks again for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll check you out tomorrow with more 
fantasy football key question breakdowns.